This is To The Clock, episode number 24. I'm your host, Peter Gibbs, and wow, 24 episodes is wild. There's only a few more weeks that I get to do this as part of a Viewpoints publication, but I just want to say a big thank you to you, listener, for just showing up if you were here every week, if you just showed up once or twice throughout the whole year. It's been really fun to me to see how this show improves, and I hope you've been along for the ride to see major improvement. So, thank you. Today, I'm going to be discussing kind of what's gone on in the world of sports for RCC, as well as the world of Southern California sports. We'll begin by discussing, for the most part, what what type of stories are coming out in this upcoming issue for Viewpoints. And then after that, I'm going to have on a special guest, one of our very own photographers here at Viewpoints, to give his perspective on a few different events that happened this past week. And then after that, we will have the buzzer beater segment where I discuss all the teams in Southern California and how it's going for them. And hopefully you enjoy. So sit back, relax, and let's play that intro. off we have a couple different stories that are coming out in this most recent issue that will be out on the day this podcast comes so first off we're going to discuss the smaller things and we'll work our way up to the big stuff what i would say is really cool is there was a recent draft well you know the nfl draft it it just happened a couple weeks ago And what's really cool is actually a former RCC linebacker was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the sixth round. His name is Jose Ramirez. Don't get him confused with the baseball player. And he actually transferred from RCC to Eastern Michigan back in 2019. Um, That would be from our very own reporter, Jesus Cornell. He did a very nice job with getting the coach's perspective because obviously Mr. Jose Ramirez was quite busy and was unable to respond. And, you know, that's probably just because he just got drafted. He's got to fly to Tampa, and it's just a weird timing for him with getting hit up by a lot of people. But big shout-out to Jesus. It was a good story. Make sure you go check that one out. Our other story, we had a opinions piece, or a column, you might call it. That is from our very own Xavier Constantino. I really enjoyed this one because he gave his opinion on former RCC players that are currently in the minor leagues or the major leagues for baseball. Players like Jesse Chavez, for example, he gave his opinions on him, and a few other minor leaguers that are slowly making their way up the ranks. Give that one a listen, or more read I should say give it a read Um, it was a really good story shout out to Xavier he did a good job and I loved his opinions on just telling the truth pretty much on how Jesse Chavez has done and also how the prospects might fare in the future 
Getting into the bulk of the most recent stories, we have uh, Swim and Dive. But actually, it's not for RCC. It's for high school. Riverside City College had its aquatics complex be the host site for the CIF Southern Section Swim and Dive Championships. It started back around April 26th, and that's when they had the dive competition for the weekend. But this past week, and heading into last Saturday, there was the swim championships. My reporter, Isaiah Serratos, he was the one who covered that one. Um, big shout out to him for covering it, being able to get the access, and also just enjoying swim and giving a nice highlight to all the future Tigers who were participating in that one. Um, if you are a swim and dive fan, please make sure to go give that one a read. And a big shout out to Isaiah for helping with that story. The defending state champs, the RCC Tigers, were the three seed heading into the playoffs this past weekend, and they went up against the 20-something seeded Grossmont College Griffins. Now, you would think, okay, this game, or this series rather, is probably going to go three at the worst, and you'll have RCC win, especially since they're at home, and you'd be very much mistaken. So joining me now for a first-hand account of what happened is our very own photographer, Mr. Matt Acosta. Welcome to the show for the first time. Good to be here. So today we're going to be talking about RCC baseball. I know you were out there covering them a couple times. Yes. Um, you did a lot this weekend, first of all. So I did. What all did you exactly cover for baseball, at least. Did you get to see all the games? Did you get to see one or two? I saw both games of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, really good games, really good baseball. A lot of energy, a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. It was good. Nice. So, obviously, RCC got swept. Could you tell me just a bit of what you saw in the Tigers' dugout? Were guys up on their feet cheering on the team? Were they more sulking a little bit um how were the how were the coaches what was the coaching staff like give me just a little glimpse of what you saw yeah so uh first game uh it was good energy in the Mm -hmm. beginning uh a lot of high spirits Mm -hmm. um but um if you know the score of the first game uh they fell behind pretty fast. I yeah. think by the half, halfway point of the game. Halfway point, it was it was, it was a done deal. It was like one to six. Yeah. So uh, you could definitely feel like there was not a lot of energy in that dugout for sure. That's a game that they ended up losing. I believe it was fourteen to three was the final score. Yes. Um, you know, you and I, we actually went out and covered one of their last home games of the season, and I do remember pitching was a huge problem for RCC. Usually, when it comes to the playoffs, you need good pitching, and they were very inconsistent. And it really showed in that first game and kind of set the tone for the rest of the weekend. Definitely did. So, leading into the second game, more emotion, I would imagine, and they had to have more heart to win and force a game three. Can you tell me about what you saw with plays were they making the routine plays were they striking out a lot 
were they trying to put on some extra plays with stealing bases, things like that? What, what did you see? Yeah, it was a good game. Um, they were definitely trying to do as much as they could out there. Mm-hmm. Um, both teams on defense, uh, phenomenal, fantastic. Just, it was a good fight out there. Mm-hmm. Um, they were getting a lot of outs, but so were so were the other team. So we were getting them. They were getting them. Um, and uh, that was a more closer game. And you could you could definitely hear in the dugout. I mean, they were on fire. They really because they knew this was yeah. do or die. Mm-hmm. And so even when they fell behind, you know, the dugout was still very vocal. A lot of energy. Um, People were doing as best as they could, players and everything. Um, they weren't trying to steal as much, though. Okay. They're being very careful gotcha. with that. I saw the coaching on first base, you know, not trying to do too much, like telling them to just, you know, just Take relax. it easy. Yeah. Okay. Um, the biggest play that I did notice was, I believe it was bases loaded in the top of the eighth inning because they were the away team in the second game mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and bases are loaded with their best hitter, Matthew Bardwell, up. Dude is probably going someplace really big next year. He's a huge dude, first of all. Yeah. And he was their best hitter all season. And they couldn't come away with any runs. When that happened, do you recall noticing anything with the body language of both him and the team? Were they, like, slumping over, realizing that was probably their best chance to win? Visually frustrated. Mm-hmm. Visually Um he said some choice words mm. after that out. Mm. I definitely heard that. Yes, um, you know they they didn't want to give up. They didn't want to, you know, you don't want to give up in those kind of things. You yeah. know, it was hard, but at this point, it's like do or die. You just got to keep going. But yeah, there was a lot of frustration with that because they knew that was their one of their best chances of of getting out of there. Yeah, their coach Rudy Arguez. He's a very vocal guy. Um, he will call them out like crazy, even if they win after games. Mm-hmm. What was it like with him? What was he jumping up and down with anger? Was he quiet? Because personally, if I know a dude is loud, and then I see them quiet, I'd be scared out of my mind. Yeah. What What was it like with him? It was quiet. Mm. It was, and you know, uh, the interviews that he gave afterwards really explained it. He, in his, in his mind, I think he knew, um, especially after it got to a certain point, that they just this team wasn't enough to to keep going. They weren't going to get their lucky break. No, he was always talking about leadership and for pitchers to step up. Mm. And like you said earlier, they were having problem with different pitchers, and they had a. They, I don't know how many pitches that they put out there, but they just couldn't seem to find the right person to kind of lead them through yeah. and to rally the troops. And that last uh, conversation that they had uh, after the loss uh, was basically echoing those sentiments again, and just saying, "Look, this is this is we, I've been saying this." Mm-hmm. So so he knew. Yeah. He he knew, and uh, it's just a really tough tough loss for everybody. You say tough loss, and the photos you took kind of reflect that, too. Um, On our front page of this most recent issue that is out the day this podcast airs, listener, you have the front page photo of the final out with RCC's player slumping over and Grossmont's team celebrating the back. But what else was going on with the rest of the team? Were guys hugging it out? Were there tears? What was the emotion level like with the rest of the squad? 
Yeah, so after that, um, they had to, you know, listen to the coach mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, listen to what he had to say about the, what would happen. Have the post-game speech and right, everything. Right, And once that was over? Once that was over, um, you know, it kind of just settled in. Like, you know, this is the last game we were wow. going to have for some of those people. Mm-hmm. And you could see a lot of people were hugging it out and just uh, just pretty, pretty much a lot of raw emotion out there on that field. You know, they play about 30 to 40 games this season, and that's just in the spring. So they've been together... I can guarantee you since last August when the school year started. Mm-hmm. Um, I play baseball myself. I know what the brotherhood is like, the the friendships you make. You, you can't even call them friends. They are your brothers. You spend so much time with them. Whenever I'm driving into school at around like 10 or 11 in the morning, I see them out in the field working. So I can imagine what their emotion was like, and I know that your photos reflect it too. So listener, definitely go take a look at all the stories that we posted online for baseball, as well as the most recent press issue that we have. That one will give you a good glimpse about what the feeling was like at the games. Uh, Mr. Matt Acosta, you do so much for the newsroom this year. Uh, We really appreciate it. is there anything you want to let the people know before you go? What's going on in your life? Anything big? Anything like that? Oh, man. I'm just thank you. appreciate that. Uh, it's glad to be here. Love working with you guys. This is a fun newsroom, reader, mm-hmm. uh, listener. It's a really fun newsroom. Uh, this is, uh, if you ever want to get into journalism of any kind, this is the place you want to start. This is a really great newsroom, great chemistry and everything. Yep. No, man. I just, uh, you know. Uh, just love it here and uh, just want to keep on working yeah well we appreciate it man as always it's good to talk to you but it's great to have you on the show thank you so much thank you now for the segment that you all know and love it is time to welcome back Mr. Hayden Kulik for the Hayden Kulik Power Hour How's it going, man? It's good to see you. It's going great. It's going great. Uh, Listener, this guy, he's been working hard. I I haven't seen him too much because he's got a new job, but Mm -hmm. he's put in so much effort in the times where we've just missed each other and all that. I know. I I haven't had a chance to talk to my mans much lately, but (laughs) it's it's okay. It's good to have you back. Um, Feels good to be here, man. We're going to start with RCC Baseball. Listener, you just heard it from Matt Acosta, but this is the guy who knows a lot. He saw it last year, and... uh, I was sitting down in my bedroom because they were playing at like uh, somewhere up north last year, and I saw that team win that championship. Yeah. Like I saw that. I saw. I was watching the live stream and compared that to this year. Just so disappointing, man. I really was expecting them to go far. They had the big winning streak and everything, and they just they were slumping really hard with the pitching mm-hmm. to end the year. I covered them a few weeks ago. And you could just see they weren't built for it this year, but you at least expected a first I'd round s- win. Yeah, some some would have a run, not just to make it and hang your hat sort of thing. Yeah. Especially with the amount of talent that's on that team. So many guys are going to D ones, D twos, like it might as well have been like a NCAA school. Honestly. They got a ton of guys with a ton of talent. Especially with guys going to like great baseball schools like Fullerton and stuff, like yep. These guys are not going to, like, the lower, like, of uh, the, the D1s and stuff. Like, no, they're playing for good schools. And I guarantee you at least two guys on the team will get drafted in the June draft. They might not oh. sign, 
but but they're gonna get they taken. Will. I can guarantee you, Matthew Bardwell. Oh, yeah, that dude, that dude is bombs. He's incredible, man. <laughs> All right, uh, but let's move on instead of RCC baseball. We'll just talk about regular baseball. Yeah, your Padres, man. They're looking dude. okay. They're looking okay. They had they just had a series against the Dodgers that they lost. I think it was two to one. They or they lost one to two, I guess. Yeah. But other than that, in the recent games, have been pretty good. Tatis coming back really gave them that bit of a spark. Yep. Same thing with Joe Musgrove. Although his first start was in Mexico, I think, or maybe oh, that was his yeah. second one. Yeah, so something like that. We can just scratch that one off the board. <laughs> that was. How many home runs were hitting that one? I oh, think... there was 11 in the first game or something like that. Holy moly, dude. I feel bad. I feel I bad for the pitchers they, of that. The stats from that game shouldn't count for pitchers. No, 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 no. it shouldn't. Um, I really... It's interesting with that series and how that could really demolish a guy's career. <laughs> I remember there was this one dude from the White Sox. Maybe it was the Blue Jays. But he went up against the Astros when they had the whole cheating scandal mm-hmm. going on before it was really unveiled by the public. Mm-hmm. But this dude gave up seven runs and got demoted or cut or yeah, something DFA'd like that or whatever. and never pitched again. And he actually, he was very vocal. I don't know if he wanted to sue him or if he wanted some type of punishment. Some, for of, some sort of action. But, dude, he had his career just taken away because of that, that whole scandal. It makes you think. I always feel bad for the Colorado pitchers because if you're a pitcher and you get drafted by Colorado, career might be over from the start. This is my segue to the Angels, but uh, <laughs> Carlos Estevez, the guy who they picked up from Colorado, mm-hmm. has been electric this year. He's yeah. got one of the best ERAs out of a reliever, mm-hmm. and it's because he doesn't pitch in Colorado. Anymore. I know, just because like a, a simple fly ball isn't a home run anymore. Exactly. So now to segue to the Angels. Um, <laughs> They've been playing all right. I actually went and saw them over the weekend. A couple on, times. Yeah, a couple times. <laughs> they had a big comeback win against the Rangers and then got blown out in the next two games, and I saw the first of the two blowouts. So, I don't know. I remember you texting me through that that, that comeback against the Rangers. Oh, man, dude. <laughs> I, I have a great joke about Luis Renjifo that I cannot say <laughs> on the air because... Uh, I would definitely have some sort of punishment come down on me, but yeah, you know what I said. I know exactly what you mean. Um, it's really a weird team. Like They don't play oh well gosh. against any good teams, but they play okay. I showed you a stat the other day that was like, they're the best team in baseball hitting when they're trailing. Yep, and then they're like bottom third when they're they are, when ahead. They're ahead. It's just insane. I don't understand it. I don't understand how it can be that big of a difference. They can't put teams away ever. It's just annoying as a fan. But um, I digress. Oh, and then who was it that just went down with Tommy John? The Angels? Uh, yeah. They, they had two guys, actually. It was um, um, The, the re- big one was Jose Quijada. Yeah, Quijada. Dude. He was really reliever. good for the, at the very start. So, But then the other guy was Austin Warren, who's a depth reliever. Mm-hmm. So the big thing with the Angels right now is they're losing depth with the relief pitchers and catchers. They oh, just called yeah. up a dude who had played maybe one whole month for the Cincinnati Reds back three years ago. Oh, my gosh. And his first ever game with the Angels, he gets to catch Shohei Otani and have, like, <laughs> six pass balls. He's not good, man. No. Who is it? Who's been uh, playing in Ohapi's absence so far? Is it- so they brought up Chad Wallach. Wallach. There we go. But he just went down on the concussion list. So that's where this he new guy came. He wasn't half bad, in. was he? He no, has been, he's actually, been a pretty good bat, both, hasn't he? Both catchers, him and Matt Feist, have really 
helped mm-hmm. step up in the absence of Ohabi. So Vice is now the new guy, and everybody <laughs> wanted him gone a while ago. I know, but hey, if he's not bad, he's not bad. I'm waiting for Max Stassi to come back, though, because oh that guy, gosh. he's been dealing with both personal issues as well as just an injury, I guess, mm-hmm. and there's no timetable for him. But when he comes back, I feel more confident about the pitching and yeah. the defense at least because he's a good catcher. Speaking of like catching and defense and all that, dude, what's going on with the Wilson Contreras and the Cardinals is crazy. That was going to be my final talking point because <laughs> I wanted to spread it to the world of sports. I mean, that's just insane. They paid a guy like, what, $84 million? For, and you're taking him out of the like out of the catcher spot this early in the season? I mean, their owner like throwing him under the bus is so uncalled for especially when you take the sample size of him versus uh Kisner 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 Kisner, there we go I don't know how to pronounce that name actually anyways when you compare it's like yes the pitching ERA is better with uh with that guy with that guy but like Wilson Contreras has caught so many more games and I don't even know how much you can blame it on Wilson when that pitching staff is horrible. They've been really, really bad. You know, I saw a quote today from Jack Flaherty oh, where I saw that. <laughs> dude is going to go off on the next reporter who asks mm-hmm. about his velocity. I know, because his velocity is dropping and he's like, I don't care. <laughs> the best pitcher on that staff, I think, is maybe Adam Wainwright Which still. is so... He's 43! He, dude, he, had a, he just had his like first that. start, didn't he? Of the I think season? so, yeah. He was actually pretty good from what I remember. Adam Wainwright, anyways, dude. They extended Miles Michaelis at the beginning of the year for two more years, and he's been horrible. Yep. Jack Flaherty, I don't know how he's been doing recently. I just remember his first start, he had like seven walks. He went up against the Angels the other day, mm-hmm. and he gave up 10 runs, <laughs> I think it was. Three of, them, three of them came when the reliever <laughs> gave up inherited runs. Uh-huh. But, like, dude, seven runs all by yourself? Oh gosh, that's crazy. And then uh, the only other one who's actually good is Jordan Montgomery. But mm-hmm. I think he's been dealing with an injury this yeah. year. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Who, uh, who'd they, um, they let go? He went to the Mets at the end of last year. Jose Quintana. <laughs> so dumb. They so picked dumb him up from them. Pittsburgh. And then I thought they were going to keep him just because he had success. And all Especially because he was like their best pitch, one of their best pitchers last he year. He started game one of the I, playoffs. Literally, when it comes down to the numbers, he was their best pitcher. Yeah. It's weird. They've had their worst start since 1930, I think it is. That's crazy. So long. Almost 100 years. Almost uh-huh. a century. They need to get rid of one of those, like, outfielders or something. Or like it, They have so many young dudes or just platoon-type dudes or just any type of dudes that they can get rid of to get, like, new pitching. And they just need to do that before the season's over for them. Because their bullpen is fine. They've got talented arms. No, they got talented arms in the bullpen, but... But you have to have a good start. Oh, my gosh. And they just don't get that. They have no talent in the starting, Ross, starting lineup or rotation. Maybe they'll turn around. Maybe, Maybe they, they won't. We'll see. Let's move on. Next up, you know what? I think we're going to go with basketball because they're in the the heat of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And speaking of the heat. heat They just lost. Yes. As we're recording this, it is late at night, but we we just saw the heat lose. So it's a 3-2 series mm -hmm. lead for them over the New York Knicks. I'm confident they'll win that in six. They've got the energy. They're outplaying the Knicks. Uh-huh. It's super simple to tell that one. They're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals. I know. Jimmy just had a didn't have his best game today. Was the He's moral been carrying besides that. It doesn't matter. He just didn't have a good day today. And, uh, you know, 
I guess before we touch on my team, we'll just touch on the other L.A. team. Uh, even though we didn't do that for Dodgers. Oh, well. I'm not a Dodgers <laughs> fan. You're not a Dodgers fan. Hey, the Dodgers, they're doing good. They're okay. doing good. They lead the no, division. That's literally all we say. nothing new with the Dodgers. Exactly. Um, the Clippers, they did get eliminated pretty quickly by the oh Suns. Gosh, yeah. And I don't know, dude. I've heard rumors that they're going to have the entire team just broken up because Kawhi doesn't play. Paul George is still injured. Their stars, who they've paid so much, just can't stay on the they court. Can't, they can't get on the court. and <sighs> It's sad to see. It was, it was so sad to see because what was it, two years ago that they made the conference finals? Yeah, two years ago, and then they had the injuries happen to the stars. And, yeah, it was just so unfortunate. Yeah. I love Kawhi Leonard, and I love watching that man play. Former King basketball and, player. And Canyon Springs. Was he really? Canyon yeah, Springs? Yeah, so funny. You I never played knew that. There. He played there, like, his freshman year, and they have, like, a whole, like, memorial for him, but he only wow. played there for, like, a year. Hey, you know what? If you're Canyon Springs, and I don't mean to call out Canyon Springs, but you, don't got much you guys for were you. a bit of my rival <laughs> my, like, junior year of baseball, um, it's just they got to go with anything. It's funny. They this one crazy hard cross-country course my sophomore year. Huh. And I don't know if they have had it since, but I remember that thing was horrible. <laughs> I ran my, like, worst time of the season there. Yeah. I don't know. That day was crazy. There's more to touch on that day, but that, that ain't about sports. <laughs> we'll finish up the basketball part right now yeah. with the Lakers. They're about to start off against the Golden well, State they Warriors. they did start, actually. They're up 3-1 in the series. Mm-hmm. Monty Walker, dude. Who is that guy? Where did he come from? <laughs> he Actually, was, I know him because yeah. I'm a fan. But for beginning of the season, before the trade deadline, he was that guy. He was After the playing. trade deadline, they benched him. He was a starter before. Yeah. That. And now in the playoffs, he's getting minutes again, and everyone's just like, "Why did we bench that guy?" I was listening to the Ringer podcast today for basketball, mm-hmm. and they mentioned fatigue with the stars, where all the stars in this series have played like 40 minutes the last mm-hmm. game. And he didn't play at all, finally shows up, and he scored all the points for the most part in the fourth yeah, quarter. He, he was like cooking. three baskets. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested to see if they can win it in Golden State. People yeah. still think the Warriors are going to win it. And as a Lakers fan, I don't think they will. No, I don't think they will either. And regardless. I'm very confident, but there's a slight bit of doubt just because yeah. it is the NBA. In the right world now, it is the first quarter, and they're down by 12. But I still think the Lakers can put it down. Put it. They, they can. They, they can came end back. It. They came back last game. Yeah, they can end it tonight. Or yeah. and if not, they're going to end it in two days. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Just because, like, I don't know. I feel like the stars are aligning for LeBron right now. Yep. So we're going to move on to. Oh, I was going to say. I was going to oh, say yeah, real quick. Man, I was going to say. I don't man. think the Suns, or maybe the Suns, or I'm, I don't know. I just I think don't Denver think Denver has a good shot. I just don't think they stand a chance against the Lakers. Mm, I just the the Lakers maybe they're not a better overall team, but the way they match up with each other, like Jokic is a talented offensive center, and Anthony Davis been very inconsistent offensive offensively, but uh, he showed up every night on defense. That's that's for sure. So that's true. I wouldn't be surprised for him to put Jokic in a bag Mm -hmm. if that situation does come up. So I agree. Um, it'll be interesting to see who just makes the finals in general. Mm-hmm. But speaking of which, I'm also very confident for Miami. Whatever, whoever they face next, 
Both those teams they've seen before with almost the exact same roster. It's either a revenge for the entire team against the Celtics or a revenge um, for, for the Jimmy 76- Butler. Oh. I was going to say Jimmy Butler okay. against the Sixers. He already beat them last year. He's just going to beat them again. Honestly, I forget about that one because it was just such a bad <laughs> loss for them. Dude, no, that last year it was so bad because, I don't know, what, dude, Doc Rivers is first off. That man needs to be fired. Because he was playing Joel Embiid when they were up by, like, 20 in the fourth quarter against the Raptors last year, and that's when he, like, broke his face. And then he missed the first two games of the series, and it was basically already lost. There was some quote that he had the other day that it really just shocked me that a coach could say it. I don't remember it, but maybe I'll remember it later on. Dude, um, we'll, we'll just move on yeah, for now. Yeah, we'll move and on. We'll go to the sport that you don't know as much hockey just because it's in the I've been, playoffs. I've been paying attention to the results and stuff, but I really don't know much outside of that. The big thing is, I'm just going to get your thoughts on this. The draft lottery happened the other oh, night. I did see something about that. The Ducks had the number one odds to get the first pick, which is like, think about it as the NBA draft this year. You've got Victor Webb and Yama. Is this oh, I know. What, what's his name again? Yes. Yeah, I know. I know But people are saying the number two pick is fine also. It's this guy named uh, Fatelli or something He's like going to be good, but... He's going to be like a Scoot Henderson. Mm-hmm. It's like he'd be the number one pick in any, any other draft, but yeah, just not this one. Not this one. Um, but the Ducks get number two, which is fine, but not number one. Mm-hmm. Number one goes to Chicago Blackhawks. And I was listening to the athletic hockey show, and they reminded me that the Blackhawks are a garbage franchise mm-hmm. where they had sexual assaults happen with one of their former players during their championship runs. Yeah. And it was by a coach. A coach sexually assaulted one of his players, and they didn't get punished for it at all. So, it's crazy. Not knowing all the context, but knowing that at least. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, what was it? The ESPN broadcast was talking about they announced the number three or number four pick before it was, like, announced on screen, which is very, very plausible that the people in the studio have the script before and they know the results before they actually come into uh, to the public. I'm going to stop you right there. They actually taped the show, like, two, three hours before Oh, they do? Okay. So you had all the reporters there mm-hmm. or at least hearing it from people. And they leaked it a little bit okay. before. I didn't know that, but um, it's it, just with that, it's kind of um, it's a bad look. It's, no, it's a bad look for the. No, I was talking about like the Blackhawks. It's like I remember when Zion was about to get drafted, and people were so excited that a small market team like the Pelicans was able to jump up to the number one pick. Yep. And that just does so much for the sport. And it's honestly a shame because the Chicago Blackhawks, they might be horrible, but people rep the Blackhawks. Like, I see gear all over the place. They got a big fan base. They're one of the original six teams. Yeah, I know. Like, they've been around for a while, and, like, they have a big fan base. And it's like, I understand that you want to give that historical franchise, like, another spark. Mm-hmm. But getting the small market teams to be popular is just so important and it's a shame that that just doesn't get to happen anaheim is in california so it's maybe not the most small market team but, but at the same still time anaheim dude anaheim or you could have given it to columbus who exactly had the next best odds it's it's a shame man i uh, yeah. yeah it's a shame it's a shame besides that 
we'll take a look at the actual playoffs, how they're going. Mm-hmm. Right now, you've got... I'll do it based off the top of my head. I believe the Maple Leafs won, so they didn't get swept. Um, the Gold Knights are up 2-1, to one mm-hmm. and they're playing right now. Yeah, they're playing the Oilers right now. They're down. I just saw that notification. <laughs> um, you've got the Dallas Stars just tied the series against Seattle. Mm-hmm. And then the Hurricanes are up. They're up 3-1. Three three to one. One. Yep. So... Carolina will make it. New Jersey just hasn't shown me anything. I, saw, I don't know if this is true on Twitter, but I saw that the the Florida Panthers now have the highest odds to win the whole thing. I mean, they're on a hot streak, man. Yeah. They they were given a 2% chance after game four of the first round against mm-hmm. the Bruins, and now they've come back 3-1, mm-hmm. defeated the best team in the history of the, the game, yeah. and are up... Three to one on, on a very talented yeah. Maple Leafs team. So knowing all the teams that are left, who are you picking to make it to the finals? Not to win it all, just to make the finals. I could. I don't know. I'll stick with my hurt. The Hurricanes. I said that at the beginning. Okay. They're in a good spot. Yep. All of my claims still bold true. You're looking good with that pick. Yeah, I know my my. Uh, no, I wouldn't say ill. Ill-minded or ill-knowledge, but uh, my my very slim knowledge, it's looking good. Yep. <laughs> Western Conference team, you got anybody? Uh, you could just pick with me and go with the Golden Knights. That's my team. Could, I don't know. Yeah, I'll go with them. Okay. I'll go with them. Seems like a good matchup. No, it does seem like a good matchup. So there you go. There's your hockey. Uh, for the final team that's local, the Kings did lose to the Oilers. You know, gave it a good shot, but... Mm-hmm. Con McDavid and Leon Drysaddle are way too good. Wouldn't be surprised to see those dudes match up against Miami either. Miami. Yes, Miami does have a hockey team. Unless you're talking about Florida. Uh, wait. Because I don't know where Florida is, but it sure ain't Miami. I was talking about the Hurricanes, right? That's Carolina. Oh, dude, no. I was, I was thinking of the football team. I was thinking of the college. <laughs> no, okay, the Hurricanes. No, I wouldn't be surprised to them if they, uh, they matched up with the... Uh, the Hurricanes, yeah. just because of, I don't know, what I said last time, just star power. Mm-hmm. There you go. Now you know how much hockey knowledge this no, guy hey, has. No, I knew that. <laughs> I'm just blanking, man. It's been a long day. It has been. So we'll round it off. We'll get you out of here pretty quickly. Uh, football. Get you out of here, too. <laughs> yeah. Football. Um, just give me your thoughts overall. Who had a good draft? Don't, don't. doesn't have to be your team. Just give me who had a good draft. I'd say... I like the Texans draft because they were very bold, especially trading for the number two pick. Yeah, I don't know. Getting your franchise quarterback and getting your defensive cornerstone for the next 10 years in the same draft is crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'll stick with my Chargers. I like their picks, even though the first-round pick is a little eh. I like their their later-round picks really backed it up, I think. There you go. All right. That's pretty simple stuff. Um, As always, dude. It's great to have you on. Mm-hmm. This, this is Mr. Hayden Kulik. Make yes, sure to sir. check out our most recent issue of our Viewpoints newspaper. It is out in the stands by the time this episode airs. Hayden, as always, good to have you. Good to see you. See you, man. And that's going to do it for this episode of Chew the Clock. As you guessed, based off my intro, I did say we'd do buzzer beater and give all the Southern California teams the spotlight. And instead, we went with a bit of a mix with the Hayden Kulik Power Hour. So I hope you enjoyed that one. 
It's been a very nice episode. I hope you enjoy this episode. Make sure, like I said, to check out our newest edition of Viewpoints and also go online to viewpointsonline.org to check out any of our updated news stories, any sports stories, things like that. Until next week, this has been Peter Gibbs saying so long for now.